defeated. It's just like, oh man, like life just gets heavy sometimes and and the storms come and the wind comes and the chaos comes and the bad news comes and the doctor report comes and the, the breakdown comes and the anxiety comes and the depression comes. But how many of you know when you get into a place of the presence of God, when you get into an atmosphere where people are expecting God to move, that bondages and, 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 and chains are broken. And I, I know that sounds like out there, but like you, you might have came in this room and only you might be able to hear the chains and the weight. And it might, you know, Scrooge, that movie Scrooge, what's it called? The Night Before Christmas, what is it? The Christmas Carol. Who said that? Who said Christmas Carol? Come on, bro. The Christmas Carol. I, I, loved, I loved watching that. Watch this. I, I feel like this is for somebody. I remember I used to watch a Christmas Carol, and, and I was terrified of, like, the, 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 uh, the friend. Remember? I don't know what version you watched, but, like, mine, he, like, goes to the door, and he sees him on the, the doorknob, and he's like, Scrooge. Remember that part? And I remember I was a little kid. My mom, it was like a tradition. We'd watch it every, like, Christmas Eve. And then it gets to the point where he's sitting with him. Ebenezer Scrooge, and he's got all the chains, and it's terrifying. And he could, like, and he talks about how he has all this, this, these chains on him. And he's walking, and there's chains, and he's walking, there's chains. And he said, every chain, every chain, it, it brings me down. There's bondage. I'm locked up. And he's like, oh. I remember, he's like, I, I don't know what to do. I'm, you're terrifying me. And I remember when I watched that, now that I'm older, now that I'm older, I, I can see that sometimes there's people that come in this room, and maybe you got some chains, and you can hear it, and, and no one else can hear it but you and God. And God wants you to know he wants to set some people free tonight. He wants you to know you can let that go. He has the key to the chains. He has the key to the depression. He has the key to the He has the key to the bond. He has the key to the sin. He has the key to the broken. He has the key for you. And how many of you guys watch Stranger Things? Stranger Things? Come on. Come on, Stranger Things. I, check this out. <laughs> I haven't watched, I, Kelly and I watched one episode, and I'm not kidding. You're going to think I'm crazy. I thought it was scary. I literally thought it was, I was like, Kelly, this is too scary for me. Because I didn't know what the heck that thing was in that first episode. But catch this. That, that series, I was just talking to, to, to my buddy about this. That series is like, it's a supernatural thing, is it not? And I know, I know that every season of my life, when I had friends in high school, in junior high, elementary school, when I was in the high school season, there was paranormal activity. There's all these different shows. There's all these different movies. And there's an echo and a cry in our culture of the supernatural. This isn't even part of my notes. I just feel like sharing this, that there's going to be a shift in our church. There's going to be a shift in this community. You might think it's strange. There's some stranger things going on at Coin Church. But catch, I want you to get this. I, first and foremost, hey, be, be honest. You don't have to do this. It's rhetorical if you want, or you can be honest. Who grew up in the church? You grew up in the church. So for those that, that haven't grown up in the church, there's different moments in your life. I don't know the experiences you've had, but I've had some experiences that just was just off. It was really stranger things, not the good strange things. 
it was just too much. It was too weird. It was too awkward. And I know some of you are looking at me like, I don't even know what you're talking about. What is that? I'm kind of curious. But for some times, I honest truth, I believe this with all my heart. I believe that in Coin Church, I, and, and this is coming from the, from the pastor, from the one I hear from God, I pray to God, I fast, and I'm like, God, I need you to give me a word from heaven so that my, the people, your people, God, can, can be encouraged and uplifted so that they can go into the workplace, so that they can go to their jobs in L.A., so that they can go and teach the students, so that they can do and, and, and be excited and coach the football teams. Like, God, what is the word from heaven And I truly believe that he wants to give us a new power and strength and ability. And get this, it's already in you if you believe in God. It could even be locked up, though. And it's called the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? So get this, I I know that it could be strange and different and awkward, and I know certain things could happen, but I just want you to know, I desire, I pray, God, I want it God-made. I don't want it man-made. I, I, sometimes I grew up in a circle of like, like a, a bunch of Mexicans and Latinos getting together and it was just too awkward and people would like run around in the church. I don't know if you've, and you see that on the TVs and it's like, what the heck is going on with those weird people? And, and, and I, don't, I don't mean to offend anyone, but like for me and my culture and my generation, I think that is really obscure. Because get this, we can be so emotional about the experience of God when he just wants to give you a fresh touch. And it doesn't have to come from anyone but him. And so I, I, I've just been like, Kelly and I, we, we, we've been rattled. And I felt like I got a word from God. And I felt like this next season of this community, because this is a community. We're fam. We're fam. If this is the first time you've been here, we're family. This, this is the first time you've been here. We want you to know God loves you. He's got a plan for you. We're going to talk about tonight, if I can get there, to the purpose that you have on your life. Every person here has a purpose. And it's God-given and it's God-breathed. But I, I just want to set you up. I just want you to be expecting. I want you to be anticipating that God is going to do something in this community. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be man-made. It's going to be God-made. Really, truly. And, and here's, here's the thing. I, I don't know if, if God's ever spoken to you. Or if he's ever given you a word. Or if he's ever given you a vision. The scripture says, I'm going to bring it up again, that without a vision, my people perish. I know there's entrepreneurs in this room. I know there's businessmen and businesswomen in this room. And you might say, God never gave me a dream, but you have a dream for a business. And, and you're a human being. Did you know that our God created you to create? So you might have a dream for a business. You might have a dream to do something. You might have a dream for leadership. You might have a dream for administration to make a difference. We talked about that last week. To make a difference. And I want you to know that in this room when God gives you a word, when God gives you a, a gift or a, a, a dream or he puts something in your heart, he already saw it if God gave it to you. I know you're not getting this. I'm going to try to explain it to you. <laughs> he gave you a dream. For, for example, Kelly and I were praying, we're praying, we're praying. I was, I was 19 years old at a small little Bible school where it did get a little stranger things. <laughs> And I was like, what's going on here? I don't belong here. I need to go back to, to like California where the beach is because there's some stranger things happening in this place. 
People were laying on the floor. It was just, it was, I had not experienced something like that until I had my own God experience. It wasn't man-made. It was God-made. And I felt like God said, Sammy, the only word I got, the only word I got, and I can say it confidently because I'm actually beginning to live it out, was pastor. That's it. Pastor. And I was like, no, I want to go to kinesiology. I want to be a sports medicine guy, God. Like, that's my dream. And I felt like God was inviting me. He said, I I have a purpose for you, and it's pastor. Pastor. So then Kelly and I get a dream. We get a dream. We get a dream. And if God said to do it, he already saw it. You you, you realize (laughs) that God is... We're linear people. We, we got time. There's a time. There's a clock right there. It's 541. Pretty soon it's going to be 545, and it's going to go on and go on and go on. But with God, he's above and beyond and through and in and out of all of time. There is no time for God. He sees the beginning and the end. Scripture says he is the alpha and the omega. God sees it all. So if he's given you a dream and he said it, he gave it to you then he knows the beginning from the end and he saw it come to be beyond time, beyond time. And I'll never forget, I felt like God say, pastor, and then the more I prayed about it and prayed about it and prayed about it, I thought I was crazy because I felt like God was saying, start a church, start a church, start a church, start a church. And I would tell Kelly, ah, I don't know, like, we're youth pastors, though. There's, like, steps, Kel. You know, it's, like, junior high pastor and then high school pastor and then young adults pastor and then eventually, like, lead pastor. And I was like, no, like, we got to do the steps, the steps. And I couldn't shake the dream that God gave me. But get this, when God calls you to something, when God gives you a dream or a vision, it's not just for you and your kin and your household. It's for a people, It's for others. My sister-in-law, soon-to-be sister-in-law, Amanda, she she goes in and she gets to talk to troubled students, really, really troubled. And I know she gets weird and I know it gets hard, but God put her there for a reason because she had a dream. She had a vision. And now she gets to bring life. And now, watch this, when you have the Spirit of God in you, you can speak life over people. Kelly, Kelly's clapping. Come on. When you, when you have the spirit of God in you, you can speak life over people. Okay, sorry, sorry. That was a tangent. Let's get going. I promise it, it, won't, it won't be too long. You guys doing good? Can we take like a deep breath? I get like worked up sometimes and Kelly's like, Sammy, Sammy, like you're too emotional. This is when I really am getting worked up and stressed out and I'm in the car and I get a text and I get this and I get that. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And she's like, Sammy, just like breathe. Come on, take a breath in and out. So like, can I encourage you to just like, just take a breath, relax. Church should be fun and exciting. It really should. Yeah, come on. Come on, bro. It should be exciting. It should be uplifting. And I have a dream. I really do. I come on, I have a dream. And it's not just for me. In fact, it's not for me at all. It's for our generation. It's for people that are not in the seat next to you. It's for your family member that does not know peace and joy and God and comfort. It's for that person that does not have the spirit of God in them. We don't talk about this a lot because we get like, ah. But like, I, I believe that they're, is a kingdom 
of darkness and light. I do. I believe that God loves you, has a plan and a purpose for you. The kingdom of God come in us, through us. But I also believe there's another kingdom of darkness and wickedness and brokenness and depression and anxiety. I truly believe Satan hates every one of you for being at church right now. (laughs) If you can handle it, I remember telling the high schoolers this at Chino High and they were terrified, but I was just trying to be honest. JC, I was speaking in the Christian club. And I got like, I started seeing that the enemy didn't like what I was doing because I was trying to tell people about this God, about light, to flee from darkness and step into light. And when you step step into light, it's kind of scary and it's kind of hard and it's kind of terrifying. But when you begin to understand that the light is for you, you get rejuvenated. That's why if you have depression, psychologists say to go out in the light in the morning. Go out and just, just soak up the light. And I'll never forget, all these students, it was an emotional thing. I was like, if you believe in Jesus, if you want to give your life to Jesus, stand up right now. And, and it was like a domino effect. And I knew it was an emotional thing because the whole room stood up. And everyone's excited and it's all happy. And I'm like, that's great. But then I was like, okay, sit down. You now all have a target on your chest. Because if we believe in stranger things, if we believe in the supernatural, you have to know that Satan hates you. He can't stand you. Why? Because he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So we need to have an understanding that God, the one who created us, the one that has destined us, the one that has given us purpose, wants us to fulfill our dream and call and purpose. The enemy will come to kill, steal, and destroy. Destroy. So I don't know why I said that. Just know that. (laughs) Okay, we're going to get going. All right, what's next? We're starting a sermon series. I promise I won't be long. We're starting a sermon series. This is second week to what's next. I believe every person in this room has a what's next story, journey, faith, walk in you, through you. You need to understand what's next in your journey. For some of you, you already know God, but you haven't found freedom yet. How do I know that? Because Kelly and I walked through a season like that. I walked through a season like that. I knew God. I was excited about God, but I still had sin in my life that was eating me up, and I couldn't get through it. I had to find freedom. And then once you find freedom, you, you then, and, and, and then, and only then when you find, find freedom, you can discover your purpose. And then when you discover your purpose, you can make a difference in this earth. You can make it a difference wherever you go. So last week we talked about making a difference. This week we're talking about discovering your purpose. I've titled this message, this talk, this dialect with you, you were born for this. You were born for this. You were born for this. Scripture says this in Proverbs 29. I got a lot of scripture for you. If you're okay with the Bible, I just want you to know we're, we're like Bible people here. So we're going to read through the scriptures, and there's different translations and paraphrases, but I'm trying to get something. We've we got to understand something here on the what's next journey that you got to discover who you are. you got to discover whose you are. Scripture says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble. Can you say stumble? stumble? They stumble. They stumble. They fall upon themselves, all over themselves. But when they attend to what he, God, reveals, they are most blessed. You see, if you don't have a clarity to where you are going, you end up stumbling all over yourself. We talked about this last week. If you wake up in the morning, you don't have a dream, you don't have a vision, you don't have something you're looking forward to, you will stumble, you will fall, you will get depressed, you will get burdened. You don't have anything that you're looking towards and trying to achieve and trying to grab. Your money money might be stumbling if you don't have a vision for it, if you don't have a budget for it. (laughs) 
Your marriage might be stumbling if you don't have a dream and a passion and desire for it. All the time, Kelly and I are trying to work on our marriage. We're trying to work on our marriage. We're trying to grow our marriage. Why? Because we believe the enemy will first go to the family. He goes to the family first. So we got to work on our marriage. We got to work on it. Your emotions are stumbling. Some of us get so caught up in our emotions when we forget that God, yes, has given us emotions, but when we think too much about our emotions, we think our emotions are supposed to lead us, but they're really not supposed to. Because if your emotions were supposed to lead you, some of you might not even be here. Some of you might not be in this room. You're like, man, I don't want to go to church. Gosh, church, it's hot in that room. <laughs> like, I don't want to go to church. But for some reason, somehow you're here. How many of you woke up on Monday? Tomorrow, let's, let's say this. How many of you don't want to go to work tomorrow? Raise your hand. Come on, let's be honest. Some of you do. Wow, I want to know what your job is. <laughs> Yet... The majority of us will go to work tomorrow. Your emotions say, ah, I don't want that, but you know you got to do it. It's the same thing with faith. It's really practical. What's next? The path of life. Psalm says this, you will show me the way of life. God wants to give you the way of life, granting me the joy. Joy, joy, joy. Joy is not an emotion, friends. It's a choice. Do you know that? When you're down, when you're broken, when you're high, when you're excited, whatever emotion you're in and working through, when there's devastation that comes on your life, you can still choose joy. You can still walk through that with your, with your emotions, even though they feel down, joy can get you through it. Why? Because I believe, look it up, do your biblical knowledge, look up what joy comes from. Joy comes from God. Joy comes from the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God is in you, so you got to know and understand that he wants you to have joy. Even in the, in the midst of your brokenness, emotions, depression, anxiety, he still wants you to have joy. I kid you not, we're going to have a sermon series once. I literally already saw me doing this. I'm like, we're going to do it. God showed me I'm going to do it. And I could envision myself throwing lollipops in the room. I'm not kidding. We're going to do it because I want people to have joy. Be excited. Man. When I think of lollipops, like, that brings excitement. I want, I want there to be excitement back in the house of God. Don't you? You don't want to feel, like, all down and out and dreary. And it's like, ah, oh, like, I'm afraid of what they're going to say and I'm afraid they're going to judge me. No, no, no. We want joy back in the house of God. So what's next? You'll show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. So God has more for you. So these are the four things we're talking through, and we're going from the, the end to the beginning. The first is know God. Know God. That's the first step. If you don't know God in this room, we invite you to step into knowing God. How do you do that? You ask him to speak through you. It's simple. God, I give you my life. All right, what's next? Find freedom. The know God for us is a Sunday. You know, our, our vision is for the one. We say that. We echo it. We say it. We're for the one. We want people to know. If they don't know Jesus, we want them to know Jesus. So we're going to create a space and an atmosphere for people to know, for families to know, for children to know, for old and young people to know that God loves them and has a plan for them and that the name of God is Jesus. He cares about you. And he is the path of life. Know God. And then after you know God, you need to find freedom. That thing in your life, what is finding freedom? That thing in your life that if you got rid of it, you'd be a whole lot better. And then today we're talking about discovering purpose. You know, this um, statistic says 
that 80%, 87% of the church doesn't know what their purpose is. The part they play. We are a body. The scripture gives us the illustration the church is a body. Some people function as a mouthpiece. God's given me the gift of, of, of a mouth. But like, imagine if all I was was just a mouth and there was no arm and there was no leg and there was no toes to give me balance. Like, God has gifted every person in this room to be the part in the body of Christ. And you can't just do it with a mouthpiece. That becomes annoying. It's just like, my goodness, you just keep talking. Like, we need to have action. There's some people in this room that you just want to pick up a broom and sweep and, and serve. There's some people in this room you just want to, you, you feel that you have the call of leadership. And you can step in and come in and be like, you know what? I think we can do this a little bit better. Um, I know there's a guy, Will. Will's in here, and he's like an, an organizational freak in his mind. And I know he thinks this way. So when I go to him, I'm like, hey, bro, I don't know how to do this. It's like a leadership thing, and it's an organizational thing. What do you think? And then he like downloads all this wisdom to me. That's his gift, though. Some people have the gift of administration. Did you know that? There are people in this room, Maddie Davila, actually. She's not here. She's got a little kid. She'll be back soon. But Maddie is so good at organization, at administration. And so I asked her, hey, Maddie, this is your gift. Help us out. And then she, whatever she touches it, like, it's like great. It's amazing. And so I, I see and I understand. And that's not just for the church. It's for the world. The enemy, here's the enemy of purpose. Romans says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I truly believe this. Now get this, I, I am a pastor and I love this, I love spirituality, I love all of it, but I understand that God has created us to be a human being and one aspect of our being is spiritual. There's also the body and then there's the mind and there's the heart. And I really believe this, that God, not only does he want to talk to your heart, there's an emotional pull. It's exciting. I'm incredibly emotional. Myers-Briggs, I'm like a really big F. And I like, I think through my emotions. I process through my, that's just how I naturally am. But sometimes I got to think with my mind. Sometimes you have to see things logical. And so catch this, get this. God not only wants to deal with your heart, he wants to renew your mind. He wants to do something in your mind. He wants to speak to your mind. He wants to renew it, replenish it, transform it. And you have to be willing to let him do that. Why? Because we can know God, but we haven't found freedom yet. And finding freedom is also, it's logical. For example, man, I... Oh, I'm so excited about this whole God thing, and I'm coming to church, and I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to do this thing, you know, and, and there's so many times I talk to people, and it's like, man, I just want to do better, and I, and I want you to do better. We want you to do better. But then the simple question is, well, who are your friends? Can you show me your friends? Tell me about your friends a little bit. Well, Kelly and I were just doing premarital this morning, and one of the things that was mentioned was, was the fear that the friend would pull him to go do something stupid and, and, and off and, and, and strange in the way that the world does it when it's like a, the bachelor thing. And there's like this, this worry, ah. And, and she's like, oh, well, I know it's because like it's a friend thing. You know, the friends might want to do it. And I just, we, right, we, we told him, well, your friends are pretty important. 
and it's practical. Renew your mind. Yes, it's spiritual, but it's also emotional intelligence. You're after a purpose that may not be God's purpose. Here are the problems or enemies of your purpose. Confusion. You don't know what your purpose is. Comparison. You're trying to compare with other people or try to be somebody else. That's the issue we go through right now, right? We're always comparing ourselves to one another. Well, I wish I was like that or I wish I looked like that. I got to go to the gym so I look like her. I got to go to the gym so I got some triceps like him. I got to go to school so I can be smart like that person. And like you, you overload yourself with comparison, 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 and eventually it paralyzes you because you're not, you're not in the lane that God's called you to be in. God didn't create you to be that person. He created you to be you, you to be unique to yourself and your personality. And then counterfeit. You thought your career was it. <laughs> you thought your career was it, but it may not be your calling. Did you know that there's a difference between a calling and a career? Like right now, my job, I like run for cars. <laughs> And there's times where I'm like, oh, man, I'm Enneagram like three, I guess. And I'm like, oh, my purpose. I feel like my purpose isn't being like found in this job. Like I can't stand running for these cars. And it's like, have you ever felt like what you're doing just doesn't make, it's not making a difference. You're not doing anything about it other than just bringing like finances. And I like, I'm like, God, I want, and like God's like, well, you're, you're, I've called you to do something. Oh, that's my calling. That's right, God. That's right, that's my calling. I, I, there's a career too. Some of you are in careers and you're like bummed out about your career. Might I suggest that might not be your calling. That doesn't mean you should ditch your career or your job. In fact, go invade that space with love and joy and peace and mercy and gentleness. Go invade that atmosphere and you shift the atmosphere at your career. How does God reveal our purpose? These are the, I have four points and then we can, we can get going and the worship team can come on up. God reveals our purpose, one, through the call from birth. Now get this, please, I don't want you to miss this. Jeremiah says, before I formed you, this is God speaking to a prophet. Before I formed you in the womb, I, what does that say? I knew you. That's past tense, isn't it? I knew you. Not I know you or I I thought, of, like, no, like, no, I knew, before I, before, before you were even thought of from your mom and dad, I formed you in the womb and I knew you. I knew what you would do. I knew the desires that I placed in your heart. I knew the personality that I put upon you. I knew the, the, the family you would be born into. I knew the circumstances you would go through. And God didn't cause all of those bad things to happen. We have to understand our theology. We live in a broken world where we have freedom, we have free will, and sometimes we make mistakes, sometimes we mess up. Stranger things going on here. <laughs> sometimes we make mistakes and we mess up, and you have to understand that God might not have made that happen to you. That's just life sometimes. We live in a broken world, a, a broken, devastating world, and we have to realize that what the enemy meant to harm you and break you and damage you, God will use that for his glory, not for yours, for his glory. But there's fulfillment in that. So don't get so down on your problems. You should look your problems in the face and say, hey, there's a bigger purpose than this. 
I might have problems, I might have mistakes, I might have messed up, I might be disqualifying myself because of something I did or something I said or something that person did to me or something I did to that person, but God will use that for his glory. There might be people in this room and you've gone through some stuff. The more Kelly and I grow and understand life, we get to talk to people and there's brokenness all around, there's devastating things that happen to people. And oftentimes we don't know what God is doing. But before I knew, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I knew what could happen, would happen. I knew what would go on. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. Have, has anyone felt like that before? Just me. <laughs> There's times where I just, I'm like, man, I just feel too young. Kelly and I, when we, we were trying to get this thing going, and I felt like God said the schools, go into the schools, go, go into the school. And I, and I was like, all right, well, Magnolia is close to our heart. That's where we met. I want to, let's go to Magnolia. It's off mountain. It's off Riverside. It's a good location. And I remember there was so much problems to the purpose. And then it was a hiccup. It was a hiccup. It was a hiccup. And then finally, we had to get this approval from one man. And I remember I prayed up. I was like, I, I don't know, what, I don't care what people think, I'm just going to pray that God moves his heart, that God speaks to him. And he was the facility director over all the schools, and it was his decision. But I knew somebody that knew him, so I gave him a call. Hey, and he, and he, he was a believer, hey, can you, could you help me out? And he's like, just go in there and talk to him. I, I, I talked with him for you. And then we went, and long story short, we got approved, and then, and then he was like, man, you guys seem like you're still in high school. And I'm like, you're looking down upon me because I'm young. And I get it. I know, like, there might be people and be like, you, you're, you should be glad you're young. But get this, whatever season you're in, there's something that you could disqualify yourself to do, even though God called you to do something. You have to be confident in yourself, secure in yourself to know God said before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knew the call that I had on your life. I knew the purpose. I know what you're supposed to do. And so if I said it and I saw it and I appointed you, then I need you to walk in it. I need you to walk in it. So how does God reveal our purpose? The call from birth. And the second one is a growing awareness. This might be the uncomfortable one. Genesis 50, 20 says, you intended to harm me. Joseph's telling to, talking to his brothers. Joseph had a dream when he was younger, and then his brothers were jealous of it. He shouldn't have told his brothers his dream, though. He's like, brothers, you guys are going to worship me one day. <laughs> like, you guys are going to come to me. I know I'm the last of many, but you're going to come to me one day and ask me for help. And of course the brothers were upset and vindictive and, and, and bothered by that, so they threw him in, in a pit. And, and, and just were like, you're doomed, see you later, hope you die. And Joseph had to go through some stuff, thrown in jail, was in Potiphar's house, being appointed to different levels because of his character, because of his heart, because of the anointing that God placed on him. And the same might be for you. God might just be bringing you in spaces you don't even know, you, you're like, you know, I don't even belong here. And yet the enemy will always come to mess up your purpose. And then Potiphar's wife comes and wants to lay and have sex with Joseph because the scripture said he was a good-looking guy. And the Bible says Joseph was so focused on his character that he ran from Potiphar's wife. He ran from her. And the Bible says that she grabbed his towel because she, he, she, like, 
He grabbed his towel and he was naked running out of the house. And then she comes, guards, guards, guards. He's trying to rape me. Because Potiphar's wife rejected Joseph. And so Joseph gets thrown in jail. And Joseph goes through a lot of stuff. And Joseph could be like, woe is me, God. Why did you let this happen? Why are you doing this to me? But see, the scripture says, it's a growing awareness. You intended to harm me. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Some of you might not know this. If I could just speak into your life for a moment, God is doing things in your life that you have no idea why he's doing it. But on the other side of it, it's not for your benefit, it's for the benefit of your family, it's for the benefit of your son and daughter, it's for the benefit of your cousins, it's for the benefit of your parents, it's for the benefit of your next of kin, the next generations, so that you can bestow an inheritance on their life because of the things that you went through. God is intending it for his good. The enemy wanted to use it. You got to sharpen your mind. You got to recalibrate your thoughts. You got to transform your mind to know that God is doing something in and through you. It's a growing awareness. It's a growing awareness. The third one is walking through open doors. The worship team, you guys can come on up. The third one is walking through open doors. I love this one. Gosh, I love this one. God can only reveal his purpose if you walk through a door. Can we say door together? Door? God can only reveal his purpose if you walk through the door. Some of you, you have shut doors in your mind and God never intended it to be shut. God wants you to know the door is open. I've given you the gift. I've given you the promise. I've given you the vision. I've given you the purpose. I've given you the dream. Now, like when you walk up to a mall and the the doors open for you, God wants you to just walk and have confidence and let the doors open for you. And if get this, if he doesn't want the doors open, it won't be open. But I'm a firm believer. You might like argue against my theology. You might disagree with me. I'm a, I'm a Latino, kind of like I am Mexican, but I didn't really grow up in it. But I'm still, it's like in my blood, right? And I know that there's a back door. My brother taught me, Sammy, if the front door is closed, there's a back door. There's an open window somewhere. I used to get locked in my house sometimes, and I have to be really creative, and I'm like, man, it's just in me. It's just in me. Like, there's, I had to figure out and learn and get a screwdriver and open up the, and there's a way, if the front door is, is closed, don't disqualify God saying, the door's shut. No, there's a back door. Eliminate all possible avenues of entrance into your dream and to your purpose. Because it might just be so the enemy wants to shut the door. But God is saying, I need you to be strategic. I need you to renew your mind. I need you to transform your mind. I need you to walk in my spirit and know if I said it, it will come to be. So find the open door. And if it's shut, don't walk through it. God doesn't want it for you. But eliminate all doors. And the fourth is my favorite. How does God reveal his purpose in you? The first is the call from birth. The second is a growing awareness. The third is walking through open doors. And the fourth is a God encounter. You can have all of the knowledge, all of the understanding. You can know the Bible better than me. You can know the Bible better than a theologian. A theologian can know the Bible. Worship people can know the Bible. You see it on Facebook. There's people that are denouncing their faith. But I don't know about you, but I've been marked by a God encounter. 
a God encounter that can only come from the heart of God, that can only come from the move of God, a counter that might have seemed like a stranger thing. But it was such a powerful moment in my life. A God encounter, the scripture says in Acts 9, meanwhile Saul was still breathing out murderous threats. Saul becomes Paul against the Lord's disciples, against you and me, against those that want to tell people about this hope of Jesus. He went to the high priest and asked for his letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who believed to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, everyone's on a journey. You're on a journey. You might not even think you're going towards God, but God has you exactly where you're supposed to be. You're like, see, I don't believe in this God stuff. That's okay. God's bigger than like what I can say. Just be around, stay around the people of God. See what he does in you. It says that Saul is on his journey and suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. Here's the God experience. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now get up. Say get up. Get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Some of you, you need a God experience. You need a God encounter. And I'm here to tell you, not just as a pastor, not just as a disciple of Christ, not just as someone that has studied the scriptures, but as a human being, that we desire something beyond us. We desire something to be in and through us. We desire the supernatural. We desire the encounters. We desire the fuzzy wuzzies. We do. And God wants you to have that encounter. Here it is. God's design for me reveals God's destiny for me. Here's the next steps for you. Natural talent. Some of you have natural talents in this room. What abilities do you naturally possess? Some of you have spiritual gifts. In fact, all of you have spiritual gifts. What are your primary motivational gifts? Some have a mercy gift or a leadership gift. Just give me a broom and I'll be happy. That's my gift. Some of you have inward desires. What do you really want to do? What are your true desires that are inward in your soul that echo out when you go to sleep, that echo out when you dream? What are those desires? Some of you have results in fruit. Where does your life produce the most? Where are you benefiting others? I could show you what your, your, uh, your purpose is, your, what your abilities are, what God's given you. Some of you have affirmation and recognition. What do others affirm about you? What are others saying about you? Are others saying, man, there's something about that, that girl. Man, there's something about that guy. I don't know what it is, but every time I'm down, I got to go to that person because they just give me so much peace. What do others affirm about you? I see this in you. Side note, Coin Church, we, I, James, Kelly, Nelson, people on the leadership, Maddie, Brendan, the people here, Taylor, Alyssa, the people that, that embody this, Sunday, Hector, we will always affirm you. Jordan, we will always affirm you. We will always say you got more in you. We will always say, even though you fell, I'm gonna help you back up. We will always say you got something in you that you don't even know you have, and I see it in you. I see it. I wanna call it out. 
Some have passion and convictions. What are you compelled to pursue? Some have circumstances and opportunity. What opportunity is in front of you right now that God wants you to walk through? And I'll end with this and we'll finish with worship. It says this, God created me on purpose for a purpose. It's as simple as that, guys. He loves you. He cares about you. There's something unique about you. It's not... It's not anything that I can do or that I can say to compel you, to remind you. I can scream at the top of my lungs, but at the end of the day, it's only God that can reveal that to you. So I want to encourage you to ask God, what is it that is on me? What is it? What is the purpose? What is the calling? What do you want me to do, God? And I'll, I'll be faithful. I'll step through it. I'll move in it. I'll walk in it. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray for every person in this room. I pray that you would speak to them, that you would encourage them. I pray that you would remind them, Father, that they are the head and not the tail, that they are leaders, God, that you have put something in them, that you've given them a mouthpiece to speak hope and speak life and speak joy, that you've given them you, which is joy. So move in us and through us. God, we're praying for breakthrough to happen in this community. That, that we'd break through, God, whatever that is that's holding us back. And we'd be willing to fight, God, and fight and fight and fight until we see the victories, until we see the purpose fulfilled, until we see the plans that you have in our lives. That is our prayer, oh God. We love you so much. Amen. Let's stand and worship.